This is part two of our message, Holy Ground or Playground. Now let's go listen as Pastor Tim draws a conclusion to this sermon. begins to creep up. I wrote this down. Fear gains its power through the lack of faith. Fear gains its power through the lack of faith. The more you lack in faith, the more the devil spins the merry-go-round. The more you say, I'm losing my faith, I really, man, I just can't trust God right now, I'll tell you what, you better be careful because you're on that merry-go-round and the more you lose faith in God, the more He's going to spin that thing. Because that's where His power comes from. Somebody says, well, I don't, I don't, Pastor, how can you have faith when you have fear? I tell people this all the time. There is not a prophet in the Word of God that did not face fear. But what they did was they trusted God even afraid. That's faith. Satan can't work with that. can't do anything with that when you look at him and you say, Hey, look, I'm scared to death right now, but guess what? I still trust God. If he kills me in this situation, he's still God and I trust him. And the devil cannot work in that. He will back away and begin to step back on you. Three, the slippery slide of disobedience. Somebody said, Pastor, please let up. If you're here, you need to hear it. Amen? Now let me give you a revelation because this is brand new. God gave it to me this morning. I was praying. I said, Lord, I said, they're, they're, the slides can be fun. Amen? Until <laughs> you get older. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the slide is great, but the landing hurts. Amen? Amen. Sometimes even climbing the ladder hurts. And I began to pray this morning. I said, God, we have so many people that were like Jonah. Man, God is telling them, he's showing them, man, you need to be doing this. You need to fix this. You need to change this. Get out of this. Get rid of this. Do this. Do that. God's given good instruction to his Christians, to his to his followers today. And yet we still live in disobedience and we're on that slippery slide of disobedience. God spoke this to me this morning. And I'll, I'll keep this with me the rest of my life. A slide is the easy way to get from a high place to a low place really quick. God spoke this into me this morning. He said, when you disobey me, he said, I'm telling you now, you're going to go from a high place to a low place and you're going to go really fast. And I don't know about you, but I have a tendency when I think about Jonah and how Jonah did. He had an attitude about it. He had a mindset that uh, was set and said, God, I'm not going to Nineveh. That's not happening. And I don't know about you, but I'm scared to death to look at God and tell him I ain't doing something. Jonah looked right at God and said, I'm not doing it. It's not happening. So he goes and gets a boat to go to Joppa. He says, I'm not going there. It's not going to happen. Uh, and all of a sudden, guess what happened on the way to Joppa? We all know what happened. God, how many know God going to get his way? 
it's going to be God's way, either easy or painful. Now, sometimes God chooses painful to grow us, but a lot of times we choose the pain when we're disobedient. Oh, this is good. Trust me. Tomorrow, the next day, man, you'll say, oh, God, thank you for that message. I shouldn't even go to the back door today. You probably won't shake my hand. But think about this now. Jonah decided he's not going to do it. He's going to chop. I'm not doing it. And God said, no, you will do what I have asked you to do, but you're going to do it a different way now. And we all know the story, how he, he put everybody in the boat in jeopardy because he disobeyed God. And all of a sudden, they threw him overboard, and the, and the whale or the big fish picked him up, took him over to the place he needed to be at the right time, and the Bible says he puked him up on the shore, and guess where Jonah ended up? In Nineveh. Now, I don't know about you, but when we disobey God, and God's telling us that we need to be doing certain things, and we need to be changing things, folks, we need to get off that slippery slide, because Satan wants you there, he wants you in disobedience, because he can control your mind in every way when you're disobeying God. Number four, the sandbox of disappointment and discouragement. Let's talk about sandboxes. Number one, you notice they don't have those around too much anymore either. Everything's changed. Man, they took all the fun out of everything. Everything's a lawsuit, or everything's this, or everything's that, or it's not—it's not good to have that. And you know, and I think to myself, man, I—I—I I, I, I don't know what we would have done if we didn't have sandboxes and slides and swings and, uh, and merry-go-rounds when I was growing up, because that's basically all we had to do other than one sport during the year or something. And and I think to myself, you know what? A sandbox. When you really think about it, there's several things that really stick out in a sandbox. Number one, you can't move very well when you're in a sandbox. It limits your mobility. Now, when you're in Satan's sandbox in your mind, it's going to limit your ability to move and do what God wants you to do. It's going to affect your motion. It's going to affect what you do. I, I, I wrote this down. I, I tried playing volleyball in the sand. Forget that. And I'm fairly athletic, but I'm not playing in the sand. Because number one, every time you go to, go to run or jump, your feet slip out from under you and, and you look so awkward and silly, you might as well go sit down. So you lose that, and you lose your footing, you lose everything. How many know, how many's ever played in the sandbox with your kids or something, and they buried something, you can't find it? I've always said this, Satan knows how to bury things in, in the sandbox where you can't find what you need to find at the time you need to find it. Now the last thing I want to leave with you, it ain't too sweet, but cats leave things in sandboxes. <laughs> Oh, what? 
in the world is that? Where did that come? That's nasty. Amen? Oh, he loves to leave them little treats everywhere when you're in the sandbox. He loves to leave those little surprises in your life to where you get up there and you get to it and you go, oh man, I've been handed one this time. Amen? See, we got to learn. We cannot stay in those places because when we stay there too long, he begins to control our lives. And if he can control our mind and keep our mind in the sandbox or keep our mind on a slide or keep our mind on the merry-go-round or the swing set, if he keeps us there, he has us. We're stuck. We can't get out of where we need to go. I'm going to leave this with you, then we're going to close. I put down here, it's easy as ABC to get out of the playground and onto holy ground. We find a lot of this in Deuteronomy when God helped Israel get out of their situation. Number one, A, admit. Admit you've got a problem. Why is it so hard for us to admit we're stuck somewhere? Why is it so hard for Christians to say, look, Pastor, I'm close to God, but guess what? I am stuck right here. The first thing we got to do is admit it, man. I'm stuck in this place, God. And then we got to do something. We got to break camp like Israel. God told Israel, you need to break camp and move. See, they were at Hebron too long. And God even spoke to Israel and said, you've been here too long. Break camp and move. Sometimes it takes action. we got to get up, wake up, move, and get out of it and do something. I, I, I say this all the time. Man, I know it's hard. I know it's hard when you're in a bad place to get up, wake up, and move out of it. But God is standing and sitting and the, the Holy Spirit's moving and He's saying... All I need you to do is take one step out of the sandbox. You take one step out of the sandbox. I'm going to be there to help you do the other steps you need to do to get out of playground and into holy ground. So admit it, break camp, and move. B, believe that God will help you identify and eliminate See, you can't do this on your own. I can't do this on my own. There's times I need God. There's times when things are happening in this church that I cannot put my finger on. I cannot, there's no way I can figure out what's going on. I can't figure out who's behind it. I can't figure this out. I can't figure that out. So I go to God and I say, God, I believe, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit knows everything about this situation. And you will expose it, you will uh, identify it, and you will eliminate it. It works in our lives the same way. There's times, God, I don't know why I'm stuck here. I don't know why this is happening. And God, I need you to expose it, to identify it, and help me eliminate it. Then the C is continue. I've always said this. Throughout this Word of God, God says it so many times throughout His Word. Keep on going. Continue in me. He that continues in me, I will continue in him. Continue, continue, continue. In God with no stopping, no turning back. 
Israel had to get to a place to where they turned their back on the things of the world and moved towards God and make up their mind. This is another one of those make up minds. We have to have a made up mind that I'm going to move towards God. I'm going to continue following Him. I'm going to continue listening to His Word. And I'm going to continue to the point to where there's no turning back from me. Now, I'll say this in closing. If you've been in the devil's playground too long, this message is challenging to you, but yet you're sitting here today and you're thinking, I still don't know how to get out of it. I still don't know how to get out of where I am. And I've always said this, when you don't know how to get out of something and you don't know how to fix something and, and, and you're feeling a certain way, you have got to learn this about yourself. You cannot get it figured out on your own. You've got to begin to pray. You've got to get godly counsel. You've got to get help through the Word of God. You've got to pray. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, begin to show me. But I'll say this and then I'm going to close. But you have to want to change. Somebody came to me the other day and they said, will you pray for so-and-so? And I said, no. They looked at me like, what? And I said, no. God told me not to pray for them. And they said, oh, where, what is that all about? And that even came up on Wednesday night when uh, Dr. Pollock's going to get some scriptures to show some people where God in His Word tells us sometimes that, that I'm doing something, you need to stay out of it. There's been times that pastors been up here and the Holy Spirit's moving and, and God wants us to pray for people and people come to get prayed for and the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, do not pray for that person. That doesn't mean they're dying and going to hell. That's not what that means. What that means is God is doing something and it's probably because that person is in a place of disobedience and they and they made up their mind that they don't want to change. They don't want God to fix their situation. It's too much work. Oh, did I say that? It's too much work. i got to give up too much stuff. And all of a sudden now they want more prayer and God's saying, don't pray for that. Don't pray for that. I'm working something through them. They're going to have to face some defeat. They're going to have to go to some low places. They're going to have to go through some things. You pray that they come out of it. Amen? That's how we should pray. That they come out of it. And God shows them and delivers them in the way that He does. You have to want to have the right mindset. You have to want it. And today I'm praying that every single person in this place today realizes that the devil wants your mind. He wants to play with your mind. He wants to control your mind. Man, he loves. I mean, you know, I, I like some control. Some people like all control. Okay? And you control freaks, don't even raise your hands. You've got to have control over everything. But here's, here's what I found out about control. With control comes accountability and responsibility. Amen? And sometimes God doesn't want you to be accountable and responsible of certain things. So there's certain things that you don't. But I'll tell you this one thing for sure. 
We definitely want God to have control of our brains and our minds. We want to lose our minds to God. But Satan's after us. He's pulling us in the playground. He's saying, man, if I can get you on that swing of self-pity, I'm, I'm going to get you in a place where I can really work it. If I can get you on that merry-go-round of fear and doubt, man, I'm going to spin you till there's nothing left of you. And if I can get you on that slippery slide of disobedience, I'm going to keep, man, I'm going to keep you on that slide all day long. Has anybody ever had a kid or a grand, uh, a grandchild that you put on a slide and they slide and they say, again, I hear the word again. Again. Put them on the slide. Again. How many know sometimes we sound like that to the devil? I'll go on. Last, that old sandbox. Disappointment and discouragement. I found out something. And this is a hard lesson for pastor. And I'm just going to be open and honest with you. God has really worked on this with me for a long, long time. And God said, your disappointments would lessen if you didn't hold such high standards for people. I had to come to grips that no one, no one in this congregation is going to have the passion for this ministry that God put in me. So is it fair for me to be upset, disappointed at you because you're not as excited as I am? I would. All right? So sometimes in our lives, we begin to set people up and we say, you need to be this for me. And when they're not, we're disappointed. Well, I'm talking to family members now. I told one of my family members about 10 years ago, I said, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, it's the last time I'm ever going to say it. You won't ever hear me say it again. I am never what you want me to be. I'll never be what you want me to be. And especially, I'll never be the person that you put me up here to be because you need me to be that to make you happy. Because guess what? You're going to be sad all the time. See, disappointment comes in so many different ways. And discouragement, I've, and, and, and if you just look at the word discouragement, that means lack of encouragement. So how do I fight discouragement? Duh! I could have had a V8. <laughs> Some of the younger people are. <laughs> Think about it. If you're discouraged, listen, it's, it's, it's basic one-on-one. If you're discouraged, you have to get encouraged. If you're discouraged, guess what? You're focusing on the thing that's stealing your encouragement. If you're discouraged, you have nothing, you've done nothing but put your glasses on with, with, with a focus strictly on the thing that's stealing your encouragement. And I don't know about you, but this is the only thing that will encourage you and, and get you past everything you need to get past. It will encourage, the Word of God will encourage you. It can't help but encourage you. Whether it's a song, whether it's a word, whether it's a testimony, whether it's a story, 
whether it's sitting with a good godly friend or, or, or someone who's a good man, you sit there and you begin to talk. Jason and I were talking about this yesterday. You can be you can be in a pitiful state of mind and sit down with a good brother in Christ, and it will not take you long till you will start to get encouraged. But yet we stay away from it. Oh, I can't I can't go to that. Man, I got this going on. Well, I got this. I can't, I can't give up this and go do that. Well, then go around on over there and stay, stay discouraged. Your answer's right over here to be encouraged by your brother. Amen? That's how God designed it. I didn't set it up that way. Somebody said, well, you're a pastor. That's the way you talk. No, that's the way it's designed. That we come together and we encourage one another. I'm encouraged every time I leave here on Sunday because I've been with you. Because we've heard the word of God. I don't know about some of you, but I see you at the back door. And you say, man, I feel so good today. It's because you were encouraged. Discouragement can only hang around. And the devil likes to leave those little gifts, too. Remember that? Amen? Just bow our heads, close our eyes. How many in this place will say, Pastor, wow, I have so many things I need to work on. Amen. Come on, get them up there. Amen. Me too. I got my hand up with you. There's so many mindsets that I allow the devil to get me into. Let's just come forward and pray together as a church family. I need this as much as you. I need to be fighting the devil as he comes in with his ways of pulling me into a playground. Sometimes, God, the word pierces and it cuts. The Lord is a sword. God, we know that the reason why your word is so powerful is because 
it helps us begin to look at ourselves and doesn't condemn us, but it convicts us. It gives the hope that there's a better side to this. Lord, I pray for every single person that's in this place today. God, no matter where they are in their life, no matter what place they're in, Lord, if the devil is having his way, and if the devil is controlling, and if the devil is uh, manipulating and, and keeping them in a place too long, Father, I pray right now that you put a Holy Spirit power inside of them that refuses to stay in that place. And God, I know, I know, God, when you we come to you and we say, God, I'm done with this, I'm going to solely, solely put my mind on you. I went out of this place. God, you always deliver. You always bring us out. Lord, I pray for every single person, God, that you would speak to them, help them, encourage them. Lord, those that are brokenhearted, those that are discontented, Lord, those that are discouraged and those that are down. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit begin to speak to them, lift them up and move them out of that place. God, you have so much work Lord, every single person in this place today has a special work that you have for them to do. But Satan knows it and he wants to control our minds and keep us in a place where you can't use us. Oh God, I pray that Lord, you speak to each one of us. And Lord, that when we leave this place today, that we'll concentrate and God, this will be one of those things that we meditate on. And God, we trust you to help us get out of those places. God, I thank you for your word because it makes us strong and encourages us. And today, Lord, as we leave this place, I know there's victory in this place. I know, God, you're going to set some free. I know, God, that you're going to take some off the swing set. Lord, you're going to stop the merry-go-round. God, and you're going to uh, uh, put put a stopper on the ladder to the to the slide, Father. And you're going to do those things. You're going to stop all that. Tune in next week as we continue our preaching series, I'm Losing My Mind, with a message entitled, Seeing Through God's Eyes. Join us on Sundays at 1030 in the morning for a live service with a dynamic kids program that we call Sanctuary Kids. If you need prayer or just to talk, please contact us via our website or email. Remember, at the Sanctuary, you have a safe place.